Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the October edition of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program. This is the only monthly compliance program focusing on a different subject, taking a deep dive so that it will help you have a more effective compliance program. This month, I will be talking about One Month to More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures. But first, a word from this month's sponsor, the Volkoff Law Group. Hi, I'm Mike Volkoff of the Volkoff Law Group and proud sponsor of this month's podcast series. The Volkoff Law Group believes that every company should have a robust ethics and compliance program. Experience and research show that ethical companies are better performers in the global marketplace. At ethical companies, employees believe in the company, they feel vested in the company, and are more productive. As a result, misconduct rates are much lower and financial performance is higher. We can help you achieve these benefits through an effective ethics and compliance program. The Volkoff Law Group specializes in corporate compliance, internal investigations, and white-collar defense. We are your partners in our joint mission of building an effective ethical culture for your company. Our 10 years experience shows that business cultures can change. We are committed to work with you to achieve an ethical culture in your company. We address your company's anti-corruption, antitrust, trade and sanctions, anti-money laundering, and other regulatory and legal risks. We do this through practical guidance that your company can easily implement. You can learn more about our commitment to effective ethics and compliance programs at our website, www.volkofflaw.com, our award-winning blog, Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, and our new podcast series of the same name. You can contact me at my email address, mvolkoff at volkofflaw.com. Let us know how we can help you achieve your goals. Thank you, Michael. In this month's series, we will take a look at the role of compliance in mergers and acquisitions, the role of compliance in joint ventures, in joint venture agreements, distributorships, franchises, teaming agreements, partnerships, as well as other types of business relationships. At the end of October, you have an excellent grounding in what you need to do for a business venture under the FCPA. My one-month series of One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program running through 2017 is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day four, safe harbor for successor liability. As a general legal matter, when a company acquires another company, the successor company cannot be held liable for the acquired company's activities prior to the acquisition, if it's structured correctly. In the FCPA context, there is no precedent directly on point. However, the Department of Justice and SCC have commented extensively on successor liability. In a 2003 opinion procedure release by the Department of Justice, it first suggested that an acquiring company could be held liable for pre-acquisition FCPA violations of the target company. If there are good faith efforts to conduct due diligence, integrate compliance programs, and take remedial actions by removing those wrongdoers, if all of that is done on a quick basis, authorities will give credit One of the best examples of this approach was the 2009 purchase by Pfizer of Wythe. Pfizer could do some due diligence before the acquisition, but because both were massive organizations, it was not possible to do complete due diligence prior to the acquisition. 
However, after the acquisition, within 30 days, excuse me, within 180 days, Pfizer had identified much of the wrongdoing at Wythe and halted it. Pfizer was not criminally liable for any of the conduct at Wythe. Most of what Pfizer was held responsible for in its DPA was because of the previous acquisition of Pharmacia, which they acquired in 2002 and 2003. At the time of the Pharmacia acquisition, purchasers did not typically conduct pre-acquisition due diligence on targets. And during the investigation, most of the violations of the FCPA, Pfizer was held criminally liable, began prior to the acquisition of Pharmacia, although there were some afterwards. Pfizer was held responsible for the misconduct of Pharmacia both before and after. The The Pfizer case is interesting because it shows both sides of the equation. In 2008, the Department of Justice released Opinion Release 0802, which offered a safe harbor for successor liability. This opinion release became known as the Halliburton Opinion Release. In the Halliburton Opinion Release, the DOJ indicated it would not take enforcement action based on the specific circumstances that allowed for limited pre-acquisition due diligence, but included aggressive post-acquisition scheduling for a risk audit and disclosures to the government. Thereafter, in the Johnson & Johnson Deferred Prosecution Agreement and the DSNS Deferred Prosecution Agreement, the Department of Justice further refined the requirements and timeframes to obtain this safe harbor. The 2012 FCPA guidance furthered the information for the compliance professional in this area. It provided a safe harbor to companies if they invest re- reasonable effort in pre-acquisition due diligence and post-acquisition compliance, they may, indeed, they may well avoid major liability. The DOJ and SEC noted in a significant number of instances, uh, both the DOJ and the SEC have declined to take action against companies that voluntarily disclosed and remediated conduct and cooperated with the Department of Justice and Securities and Exchange Commission in the mergers and acquisition context. Further, the DOJ and SEC provided that a successor company's voluntary disclosure, appropriate due diligence, and implementation of an effective compliance program may also decrease the likelihood of an enforcement action regarding an acquired company's post-acquisition conduct when the pre-acquisition due diligence is simply not possible. The 2012 guidance provided literally a roadmap for a buyer to limit compliance risk in the mergers and acquisition context. It emphasized the importance of pre-acquisition due diligence and the post-acquisition integration of compliance programs and controls. This type of integrated approach would reduce the risk of future bribes and allow the purchaser to target additional potential violations through negotiation of costs and responsibilities for the investigation and remediation. Finally, and as with all effective compliance programs, it will assist the purchaser to accurately value the target. In 2014, the Department of Justice issued Opinion Release 1402, which provided further guidance on successor liability. This opinion release reiterated the DOJ's willingness to recognize a safe harbor where the acquiring company made sufficient efforts to conduct due diligence and post-acquisition integration and concluded that the acquisition of a company does not create FCPA liability where none existed before, such as for jurisdictional reasons. 
In this opinion release, the requesting company had held had acquired a company with significant anti-corruption compliance program deficiencies, including lack of documentary materials to support gifts to government officials or charitable donations, incomplete and inaccurate records, and lack of written compliance programs and procedures. Nevertheless, the company was able to avoid FCPA exposure after the acquisition. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, number one is the fact that we've got opinion releases from the Department of Justice talking about M&A. Obviously, the Halliburton opinion release is critical, but also the 2003 opinion release. And both of those lay out the requirements for a safe harbor type defense. Number two, a pre-acquisition due diligence does much more than simply provide a defense, however. It also allows a purchaser to accurately value the target company. And that's really a critical part of compliance, but it's also a critical part of operationalizing your compliance program by demonstrating the value to the business. And finally, the FCPA, excuse me, the 2012 FCPA guidance formalized these opinion procedure releases and laid out the roadmap for the compliance practitioner going forward. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day four of one month to more effective compliance for business ventures, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day five. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of One Month to More Effective Compliance for Business Ventures, and I hope you will join me again. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate the podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about the only daily podcast which will bring you a more effective compliance program. If you have any questions, you can email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Once again, thanks to this month's sponsor, Mike Volkoff at the Volkoff Law Group. The podcast series, One Month to a More Effective Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Please join us again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.